keep doing that. Happy Monday night, everybody. Welcome to Monday Night Live in Lexington. Hit all you guys on Instagram and all you guys on Facebook. Let's go over to the chat here. Um, happy Monday night, man. I'll tell you, this weather is crazy, isn't it? One day it's 20, next day it's 60. I don't know what to think. But, as always, we need to find out something special for this evening, and this is it. Dinner indeed. She's going to bask in the glory <clears throat> of my mustache. <laughs> Tonight it's going to be uh, really simple. I've had some cod fillets, really nice ones, marinating in yogurt and salt today. And I'm going to clean them off, wrap them up in parchment paper with uh, slices of lemon, pepper, salt, and baked potatoes. Keep it simple, keep it safe. Except for the art ball salsa I just made and eviscerated my entire GI tract. <laughs> you made it too hot. That means I can't eat it. That's all right. You'll enjoy it. <laughs> Have a good night. See you after a while. Thanks, David. Hi to Carol over here on uh, Instagram. Let's see who's joining on Facebook. Special shout out to Melissa Begley, Sandra Lee Small. Good to see you guys tonight. We'll get some new features on the show. So if you want to look over here, there you go. I've got a uh, Instacart thing and a little QR code there. And there will be more QR codes that pop up this evening because I'm linking them to my uh, Amazon shop in case you guys, you know, want some kind of uh, book or reference on something. Um, it's an easy way just to scan the QR code and and go ahead and get the object. Hey to Patricia, good to see you tonight. Now, here's the thing about this Instacart. <clears throat> I've used Instacart for the last, I guess it's for the last year. If I have a lot of appointments for the day, but yet I still want to cook a nice dinner. And I do not have time to cook and go to the grocery I go ahead and I order off of Instacart and I have it delivered. And my God, it saves me a ton of time. So that was one of the reasons why I decided to become a, an affiliate of Instacart is because I have used them for a year now and it has really helped me manage my time. And I saw this little thing here says late night snacks and early morning coffee. And I was like, yeah, sometimes I'll do that. Like if I don't have time, let's say I don't have time to fix breakfast. And, and I need to cook dinner that evening. I'm going to order breakfast and all the constituents I need to make dinner on that one Instacart order. And it is saved me a ton of blood, sweat, and tears. <laughs> no, it's really just made life easier, which... Hey, you know what? That is something we all need right now. We need things to be a little bit easier, don't we? And considering the cost of gas and your time running around trying to find everything and get everything, to me, this is a no-brainer, you guys. To me, it's a no-brainer. Um, let's see. Here's another QR code I want to show you. There you go. If you want to support the stream and 
help me pay for stuff like this. Because <laughs> that puppy wasn't cheap. Hey, baby, you weren't cheap. <laughs> um, you can go ahead and scan that QR code and send a little that helps helps me afford all the things, the whistles and bells that go into the show. Tonight's subject was so interesting, I thought, because um, there's a channel that I subscribe to on YouTube. It's called The Mysterious Middle East. Um, let's see. Let me do some more shout outs here. Hey to Janice Shelton Nixon and Dawn and Angela, my beautiful neighbor, Miss Angela Shields. Um, the name of the channel is, I think it's The Mysterious Middle East. After the show is over in Facebook, I will put the link to the show or the YouTube channel. But <clears throat> they have a lot of really interesting topics. And this was one I had not heard about. And I thought, wow, you guys may not have heard about it either. And so I wanted to go ahead and share it with you in case you guys hadn't heard about it. And that is the Jerusalem syndrome. Now, while while I was watching this episode on the Jerusalem Jerusalem syndrome, and it was before I did the research for the show tonight, they were also talking about an area over there that specifically when like hikers go into the area where people accidentally stumble into this area, and it's like a circular area that does not have any sound at all um whoever stumbles into this area and i'll try to find it and maybe present it on a future show but whoever stumbles into this area can't hear anything and even if there's somebody standing three feet away from them, they can't hear each other so it is a it's an area completely devoid of sound and i think they kind of mention it on the episode that they did about the Jerusalem syndrome. Uh, but they don't go into it in detail. I think they go into it in detail on another one of their other episodes. Hey to Shannon and Patty. Good to see you guys tonight. Glad you are all are tuning in. Now, here's the thing that for you guys on Instagram that are joining. I did try to see about trying to stream in beta the streaming platform that i'm using right now is called restream and I, i'm really liking it it has all the qr codes that i can use it allows me to use the videos hey to, uh, charles biggs over here on facebook good to see you tonight uh there's a beta for i think uh tiktok and instagram however you have to incorporate streaming codes in which I don't have for Instagram and TikTok. And so I'm trying to figure that out right now. So keep your fingers crossed, Instagram. Maybe for the future, you'll get to see all the intros and the QR codes and stuff like that. I'll try to work on it and see if I can get it situated. But um, anyway, so the name of the YouTube channel is Mysterious Middle East. Now, there's another <clears throat> aspect of this show that we're going to go over next week, and it is Evil Influences. Um, and they caught, they had a certain term for it, but I can't remember it right now. Um, but it is basically how evil influences us on a daily basis 
and it's part kind of part of the show that they put out on Jerusalem Syndrome. So let's dive in, shall we? <laughs> the Jerusalem Syndrome is an acute psychotic state observed only in tourists who visit Jerusalem. Okay. None of the locals have this. This is strictly a syndrome or a psychotic state that um, that they observe only in tourists or pilgrims who visit Jerusalem. The main symptom of this disorder is that the person who's visiting Jerusalem identifies with a character from the Bible and exhi exhibits characteristics and behaviors which are supposed to be specific to the specific character they're identifying as. Hey to Rob, good to see you tonight. Glad you're joining. Um, so it's very interesting. The three main categories of the syndrome were identified with special focus on the category unconjoined to previous psychopathy, which means that um, when the people are planning their trip to Jerusalem and before their trip, they had no, absolutely no diagnosed psychopathy uh, history or symptoms before the trip to Jerusalem. Now, after the trip to Jerusalem, yes, they definitely had a diagnosis of some type of, of acute psychotic state. So the aspects of Jerusalem syndrome is manifested in a, an acute psychotic condition observed in tourists and pilgrims visiting. The main symptom of the syndrome is identified with, they identify as some specific biblical figure and they demonstrate the characteristics of this figure. Now, this was first diagnosed or written about or known about in the 1980s when psychiatrists and psychologists began to notice a growing number of tourists from around the world. This is not, you know, limited to one part of the world. It was all, tourists from all over the globe who visited Jerusalem suffering an outbreak of a psychotic episode. I have my theory on this. Special shout out to Yasmin Jadun. Good to see you tonight. And KYGS Ryder over here on Instagram. <clears throat> Good to see you. Sorry, my allergies are acting up because I think spring is, is almost here. Okay, so let's go into the um, some of the characteristics of this uh, really interesting disorder. Number one, the person has no history of mental illness or mental disorders, does not suffer from any significant functional or work problems, does not use drugs or alcohol, and the person pretty much identifies as a healthy person. So, you know, there's no there's no indicator that this could happen. Hey to Sharon Goff on Facebook. Number two characteristic is once they arrive in Jerusalem as a tourist, they don't really have a mission or a specifically planned goal. This is usually a person who comes with family or friends or an organized group with a group of tourists. So there's no directive or no <clears throat> objective to their trip. It's just, I'm um, coming for fun 
and relaxation. And uh, this is the place I've always wanted to see. Okay, so number three, upon arriving to Jerusalem, an acute, acute meaning quick onset, psychotic reaction er erupts, which develops consistently over a sequence of seven stages. Seven stages. They will have anxiety, irritability, and a lot of stress and other kind of stress-like reactions. Now, here's the first thing is start to have a desire to separate from family or friends and to walk around this city alone. Now, what I'm feeling from this as a psychic is instead of being distracted with family or friends because family and friend interaction would cause them to focus on the family or focus on the friends. What I feel like they're doing when they want to separate is they want to listen or sense or connect with something in that specific locale. So I feel like the need to be alone is kind of spurred on by listening or sensing of something in the area. Now, this is so <clears throat> commonly known about in Jerusalem that the tour guides are well aware of these symptoms and the signs of, of these symptoms. And they will usually refer, if they notice any symptoms of somebody in the group or somebody by themselves, uh, they will usually refer that person to Kaf Shaul for observation to prevent escalation and aggravation. So they'll try to, the tour guides will actually try to curtail it and um, and prevent an escalation of the symptomology. So here's some of the other symptomologies that the person has. They will have symptoms of an OCD type of reaction, obsessive compulsive disorder, the need to cleanse and wash compulsively, especially the nails, okay, especially the nails. Now, why the nails or why the fingertips? The fingertips are one of the most sensitive parts of your body. And so if they're using this listening or sensing capability, I feel like that that's why they have the need to obsessively clean the fingertips and the, and the fingernails. Now, here's another strange thing. <clears throat> one of the other symptoms is preparation of a white toga or dress and many people not finding what they want will usually use the hotel sheets as uh, the white toga that they wear when the next step is, is revealed. <clears throat> so the next step is they need to scream or, or sing out loud <laughs> hymns or verses from the Bible. Uh, and they can be revelations of warning signs to hotel staff or other visitors, which can be extremely, um, extremely upsetting for other visitors and for the host the hotel staff. They often will uh, initiate a procession or a parade to one of the holy places in Jerusalem. So if there is a site that they're drawn to and they will often go out in this white toga from the bedsheet of the hotel 
and parade around and sing and draw people at try to draw people into a, a parade to this holy site it's that that must be so bizarre for the locals to experience then when they get to the holy place okay that they're leading the procession to they give like a type of sermon that is usually a little bit confused with some logical stuff mixed in but the message is always positive and it's always directed at humanity <clears throat> to seek a more healthy and moral and simpler lifestyle now so i have my theory on this so let, let's talk about some of the after effects of this so experience shows that improvement usually always involves physically removing the patient from Jerusalem. Okay. So for some reason, these people kind of automatically get better once they're physically removed from Jerusalem, which kind of makes me feel like this could be some kind of ley line type of reaction that the person is having. And I've got another theory on this too. Um, but almost always, you know, removal of the patient from the location is enough to rectify the situation. Now, surprisingly, the, the stuff that I read about on this, they don't have, they don't have to give the person any medical intervention. They don't have to do prolonged psychotherapy with them. They don't have to give them any kind of drugs or any kind of special medications. It's just removing them from the proximity to whatever holy site they were parading to or the physical location of Jerusalem usually causes a curative action within them. So here's the main treatment strategy is usually accessibility to return to a safe group or renewal of family ties if necessary referral to a pastor and so in other words return to everyday things their family you know their routines that seems to pretty well take care of this without any type of intervention now so here's another theory that i had when i was um doing my research on this was it could be a incidence of possible bilocation in which the person due to the ley lines and the magnetic fields in the area maybe they are um bilocating to another dimension or, or like a past dimension like a pastime where people dress like that maybe they had an association with that biblical character and so i'm thinking they might have been in two two different places simultaneously like they were in the now time and then they were also in the past time tasha wants to know after <clears throat> they do that do they remember what they did yes we're getting to that tasha we're getting to that so there's another I want to read you this thing about St. Faustina, and it is an example of bilocations. Let me read that to you really quick. So, uh, 
you're talking about St. Faustina had the gift of bilocation. Bilocation is the ability to be in two different places at once. So one time Jesus told her that she would recite the Divine Mercy Chaplet by the bedside of a dying man in despair in order to obtain mercy for him. So she wrote in her diaries, suddenly I found myself in a strange cottage where an elderly man was dying amidst great torments. I began to pray. The soul became calm, filled with trust, and rested in the Lord. At the same time, I found myself again in my own room, but she did not know how this could happen. So if you want to know a little bit more about um, bilocation, look up St. Faustina and bilocation and kind of read about that story. But um, <clears throat> it's a return to the now time that also brings these people back around to um, getting out of this trance-like state where they, I think that they're bilocated with another time. And wearing the toga is just, you know, that's something that they would have done back then. That's the dress and the magnificent energy of the area I think is what uh, the person is reacting to and I think it is it's maybe more people who have sensitivity or who have psychic ability that may bilocate automatically like this um, because I know just speaking from my own experience when I go to a location and there's a lot of place memory or place history, I do see the place as it was back then. And it's almost like I'm there seeing and hearing all of the people and the things that are going on around me. And it's, it's hard to separate there from here. <clears throat> and sometimes you'll want to be pulled into that time of there. Um, but in my mind, I'm always keeping kind of a, it's almost like a sleeve in between there and me so that I don't get pulled into it. I don't know if that makes any sense, but that's just the way I, I feel like it goes in my mind. Okay, so Tasha, this answers your question. So after recovery, patients usually remember every single detail of their behavior. It's not a simple story and inevitably they're extremely ashamed of what happened or feel stupid or embarrassed or, you know, so remorseful that this happened to them and that they inconvenienced their family and their friends. They will often describe their behavior as reminiscent of, of a drug addict or a clown. You know, they can't, they can't understand why they would have acted this way they, and so there needs to be someone who will attack the feelings of shame and difficulty and the desired progress to get back on track so they really don't want to talk about it but they remember every detail about it it's an embarrassment for them they're very regretful of it recoverers of jerusalem syndrome are not happy to describe the inner experience that they went through and I think that that is because <clears throat> they're realizing that something had control over them and they didn't have control over themselves. And so 
having to talk about it is kind of, you know, it's kind of saying, okay, something did have control over me. And that's not a comfortable feeling to know that, you know, you did things and you said things and you went places that weren't under your guidance. And so they're, they're very upset when they have to describe uh, what happened to them, but they don't forget any detail about it. <clears throat> okay, so now here's some, um, some of them ex- ex- kind of describing their experiences. And so they describe the inner experience as they went through as a difficulty in gaining uh gaining control it's like they've lost they felt like they lost complete control and they describe it as something opening up within them that their body movements move them outwards in other words there's a force that opens up within them and it moves them forward <coughs> sorry about this allergy guys you're gonna have to put up with it this spring so it's an uncontrollable, uncontrollable urge. Sorry. And um, after this feeling, an understanding arises in them that they must act and convey a message to us as an unparalleled, important message. So there's an overwhelming message that is opened up within them. And I'm thinking that, you know, a lot of holy sites, hey, the psychic Bob over here on Instagram, a lot of holy sites have very strong ley lines or earth energy associated with them. In fact, that's why they're holy sites, is the fact that people sensed the energy of the area and deemed it as a holy area because of the earth energy and we're going to go in to after we go into the evil archons on next week i think the next week we'll start into ley lines and earth energy because it's huge i know we were supposed to do it last i think it was last month but i started getting into it and looking at it and i was like oh my god i cannot do this justice with just one show it's gonna be like several several shows here hey to mary bida over here on um facebook and so because evil archons are associated with this particular syndrome the jerusalem syndrome we're going to go over that next week and those are the evil influences that kind of whisper in your ear and tempt you into doing things that you shouldn't but i find that it is is um it's very interesting that these people are going to Jerusalem just for a vacation, to relax with their family. There's no agenda. And then when they get there, this syndrome takes them over and pushes them into this psychotic episode. And to remove them from the area and put them back with the family is pretty much the cure. And they don't need any kind of treatment or medication. So that tells me there's something physically about the area that is affecting the electromagnetic field of the brain. And it's in this, it's in the same biblical type of context. So there, that's why I'm going towards, is this a bilocation 
of the person to a different time in that locale. So what I'm looking at is, is it the ley lines of the area and a bilocation of a sensitive psychic person who may have lived in that time, okay, who may have lived in that time, maybe this is an activation of a past life, maybe not that they're that specific biblical character, but maybe they knew that biblical character, and so they identify with it. There's so many questions about this Jerusalem syndrome that I find absolutely fascinating. Now, there are other similar locations that do have the same effect on tourists. And so a couple of places that do have the same effects are Saudi Arabia, and specifically the city of Saudi Arabia and some religious temples in India. And one other place has been uh, really, it's non-religious, but it's well-documented, is Florence. And they're calling it the Florence Syndrome. Now, it's not, these places do not have near as many incidents of this disorder as Jerusalem does. Jerusalem Syndrome far exceeds all of these other uh, locations that they document. Hey to Pam Smith on Instagram. And uh, so I just found, found that that was very fascinating. And I had a couple of thoughts about the uh, ley lines maybe producing this effect and possible bilocation to a different timeline of the, uh, you know, the, the patient or victim that it happens to. And the fact that, you know, people aren't happy about this happening to them and they're quite embarrassed by it and uh you know they don't need any further treatment once they're removed from jerusalem everything seems to go back to normal i found was absolutely unbelievable so let me check a couple things real quick i want to uh i'm checking out a couple of streaming factors here see if they're actually working <laughs> can say that this, I'll have to check this out later but I've been trying to stream to my website for um, those of you that want to just go to the website and watch it but it doesn't look like doesn't look like that that is no that doesn't look like an option. Okay, let's check the Facebook, make sure that everything is going on there. Which is, that looks that looks good. So website is all I need to check into. So next week we're gonna go into the evil archons and they're kind of an offshoot of this story about the Jerusalem syndrome. Again, if you want to know more about it, tune in to the YouTube channel. Uh, Mysterious Middle East. There's a ton of really good shows on there to watch and, and very historically accurate and some, you know, kind of bizarre things that you haven't really uh, read or known about. That's really cool. Um, let me show you some of the other QR codes that I've got loaded up here. Oh, this is such a good one, you guys. If you want to know more about how psychic abilities really work, 
I highly recommend this book on the um, QR code screen to my side here by Russell Targ. It's called The Reality of ESP. Now, the thing about this book is I got little feathers floating around in the, in the room. Um, the thing about this book is Russell Targ is one of the top people who developed and uh, created the the um, remote viewing program for the CIA in 1970. So there were two people that actually initiated and developed this program, and Russell Targ was one of those. And uh, he has another book called The Limitless Mind that is absolutely phenomenal uh, at explaining everything. So that's your show for tonight. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, stay tuned for next week when we're going to go over the evil archons and how they influence you. And uh, that's that's a really good one that we all need to watch. I hope you guys all have a fabulous week and that things go your way and that, you know, your life path takes a good turn. And until then, this is from Kentucky and I will see you next Monday night.